It sure is, and it can only mean one thing here at 7.06. It is time to grab that phone and get some information, something that you've been scratching your head about for forever with this place you spend eight hours a day. It's a it's a big chunk of time. It's your job. It's your gig, and it's how you uh, you bring home the bacon, man. If you got to know something about anything, it would be employment law and how to uh, navigate those waters for what could be you know years and years, if not decades, to come. So uh, reach out, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale you want to send along an email which we are going to get into a ton of emails tonight because we've been uh, we've been building a few up so that's what we're going to concentrate on as well in between your phone calls which are the priority but that is help at employmentlawyer.ca again help at employmentlawyer.ca week that was what's going on pal hey john uh, great to be back great to be talking yeah, about employment law and you know we're getting close to the holidays and you know i i will say this that uh, most good employers are not gonna make a lot of changes necessarily now they're going to wait till january but january is around the corner and it is uh, probably in my office the busiest month because it's the month that employers make changes uh, they they restructure they cut costs they decide what they need for the year to come so some of our listeners may find themselves in a situation where after the holidays you think they're going back to work but they find themselves even though they've done nothing wrong uh, right. kind of a victim if you will of these changes they're beyond their control so you want to be prepared for that you want to know what your rights are that and anything under the umbrella of employment law and workplace rights don't hesitate call us right now let's to talk about it let's answer your questions solve your problems and as i always say you may not want to get on air if you don't that's not a problem you should still have your question and problem solved so call me or email me off air we'll give you my contact information a bunch of times throughout the show so there's really no excuse not to reach out but to, to the matter at hand, uh, the week there was, a couple of situations that came across my desk over the past few days. I spoke uh, earlier in the week with an individual whose employer recently implemented a policy that if you're sick and you can't come into work, you have to call your coworkers and, and find someone to cover for you. Now, fair enough, I guess, up until that point with this employer, if you were sick, you'd simply call your boss or call management and they take care of it. So I said, no, no, now it's on you to find someone. Okay, well, uh, very recently this person was sick, couldn't get out of bed, a uh, nasty flu bug, I think. And they called a number of their colleagues, tried to find someone, either didn't get a hold of anyone or everyone that they spoke with said, I'm not available. So no, no choice left. They called their boss, said, couldn't find anyone. Sorry, I can't come in. And that was that. Fine. Yeah. Well, wouldn't you know it, next shift, a couple of days later, goes in, gets let go for cause. Told you that's your problem. We told you you have to find someone. It's on you. You didn't. That's misconduct. We're letting you go for cause. Wow. Obviously, wow, obviously upset. He calls me and he says, well, wait a second, what, what can I do here? So let's break this down. An employer can say that, yes, you should try to find someone. It's your responsibility to try to find someone to replace you. But here's the thing. If you tried and you can't, you cannot be disciplined for that. It's not your fault. You're not committing misconduct because you're sick. You're not committing misconduct because other people are not able to cover for you. So discipline is for something that you've done wrong. It's for behavior that is unacceptable. So what's unacceptable about being sick and what's unacceptable about you not being able to control other people? So this is nonsense. Of course this is not misconduct. Of course this is not grounds for a termination for cause. And this employer got it completely, completely wrong. So, uh, and I've talked to people in the past who were very concerned with, wait a second, what if I can't find someone to work for me when I'm sick? Well, 
make your best efforts. If you can't, tell your boss, and they cannot legally punish you because of that, because again, you've done nothing wrong. So this person, John, has been wrongfully dismissed. I'm going to get them the compensation that they're owed, and it's going to be significant. But there are, of course, important lessons there for employees, as well as employers. If your employee didn't actually do something wrong, didn't do something that they could have avoided doing, you cannot discipline the employee for that. 416-870-6400, Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. You want to call in? We'd love to hear from you. That's why we're here live every Monday and Wednesday night. I know there's another matter you want to talk about, pal, but want to bounce over to the phone because always, always a top priority. Sal, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you, sir? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Good. Okay, I was a broker with a company, a truck truck uh, driver for a company for twenty eight years, and I and I. Uh, they, they gave us a letter a year ago saying that they were going to shut it down. So I, it would, the, the work was getting slower and slower, so I decided to leave, not thinking that I was entitled to any severance. Now, apparently, all the guys, because I kept in touch with some of the guys, they told me that uh, they got an offer of $1,700 per year for the max of 26 years. I called my uh, one of my bosses back a couple weeks ago, and he says, Sal, if a guy quit two weeks ago, he's not entitled to it. So, no, you're not entitled to the severance that they offered. Now, am I entitled to that, Severin? So, Sal, good question, and unfortunately the answer is no, because you've resigned. So severance is paid if the company terminates your employment. So in your situation, because you've resigned, and even if you had resigned a day before they were actually going to terminate your employment, that is still a resignation. And because of that, uh, Sal, you, you've unfortunately not getting severance. You walked away from any severance entitlements. That said, and you may want to convey this to your, your former colleagues there, they're going to build a heck of a lot more than 1700 bucks per year. Uh, they, Depending on how long they've been there, they could be owed a year's pay, even up to two years' pay. Uh, so you know, if they're if they're making sixty thousand dollars a year, I mean, they could be owed one hundred and twenty thousand uh, dollars. So that's not right. What they've been offered, you may want to convey that to them if you want. But in your specific situation, Sal, because you left, and I understand why you did. I, I may have done the same thing, uh, but because of that, you're not going to be owed severance. Wow. All right. I thought right. so, but but I, apparently somebody was saying that after two. Uh, between two years of uh, severance, you're allowed, like, within two years, you're allowed to have severance. doesn't matter regardless if you quit, you're fired, or whatever. No, no. So oh. so there's a there's a two-year limitation period. In other words, if they, if they let you go, you have two years to pursue your severance. But in your situation, they didn't let you go. You, you, you resigned. So because of that, you're not out severance, unfortunately. Sal, appreciate the call uh, for for your colleagues as well. If you want to uh, maybe give them an alert or if you need to follow up sometime as well, uh, Lior's number 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Going to bounce over to some emails very shortly. But uh, the phone call is just like Sal made. It's 416-870-6400, star 640 on Sal. But before that, you had something else you want to talk about, right? Yeah, John, thanks. And yeah. uh, I, I spoke with another gentleman uh, beginning of the week. So he had, uh, on, on Monday, he had been let go uh, from his job. Hey, happy holidays, right? Uh, and he, after 10 years of service, he was offered a, uh, a package of 13 weeks pay, three months pay. Plus, the company said, because we're so generous, we'll also give you your 2019 <sighs> bonus. Right, even though you haven't worked a full year because we're letting you go in December, we're going to be nice. We're going to give you your 2019 bonus, which is $10,000. 
but you have to accept this by Friday. Otherwise, hey, our generosity is going to stop. So he had called me, and he wanted to say, well, you're, you know, I, I don't want to lose this bonus. Should I accept it? What do I do? So first of all, let's, uh, let's start with the 13 weeks. The guy's been there for 10 years. He's probably owed a year's pay, yep. okay? Not three months' pay, a year's pay. So right off the bat, that offer is ridiculous. But let's talk about the bonus. It doesn't matter that he didn't work the full year. They have to pay him the bonus at least accrued till December, so 11 out of 11 twelfths of his bonus. But beyond that, they also have to pay him bonus that he would have earned over the next year. So another twelve, uh, ten thousand dollars. So the fact that they were pretending, quote unquote, to be generous—that's nonsense. They owe him that money anyway, except they owe him much, much more than that. So even though you know he was stressed out, said, "Wait a second, this maybe this is a good offer." They're telling me I get an extra ten thousand bucks. Terrible offer. He's owed another seventy-five thousand dollars total. Wow. So I'm gonna help him get it. He's not gonna sign this by Friday. And remember, you may be in that same situation. In fact, this is a common situation where you're let go. You're offered something. The company says, "Hey, you better accept this." When in fact, you could be owed and are likely owed so much more. Don't fall for that pressure tactic. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. You can always calculate your severance there. You can call me. Be smart about it. Don't just sign. Yeah, it's, it's amazing how people, or at least employers, whether they mean to or not, sometimes have tunnel vision, and they missed a, they missed a ton of stuff. I want to get Pete in here before we, uh, we take a small break. Peter, uh, good evening. How are you? I'm good. How, thank you for taking my call. Sure. What happened? What's going on? Yeah, I'm working at this company for over 40 years, and my boss just gave me a termination letter, said I'm um, giving me one year. One year's pay. You notice? W- one year, yeah, notice. So so you're let go 12 months from now. You're still working. Yes. Okay. So here's the thing, Peter. The company is allowed to give you notice, except you're owed more than a year, meaning after the year, assuming you don't quit before then, you're going to be owed another year's severance. Okay. Okay. So, so, but if you quit in the meantime, if you say, well, you know, I'm going to find a job, which obviously you're allowed to do, then you wouldn't be getting anything extra. But if you're still working there and you haven't found another job before the end of the year, the company's going to owe you another year's pay. Okay. Um, should I sign that letter that you gave to me? Or- well, I would absolutely not sign anything. Oh. Uh, not not at all. You don't want to give up your entitlements when you could be on another year's pay. Yeah. Another, uh, another thing he put on the letter that no no seven pay. Oh, exa- which is exactly why you can't sign it. So I'll, he's trying to get away with not paying you that extra year. So do not sign it. Continue working until he tells you to stop work, working. And as soon as that happens, and as soon as you know your last day of work, I want you to call me okay. and let me help you get the severance that you owed. Peter, appreciate the call, and I remember you called. Uh, you called on Monday as well. So there, d- do not do anything. Just keep working and hang in there, man. You got forty years. You're in there for two, regardless. So uh, do what uh, do what Lior says. In the meantime, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is that number, Peter. And for you as well, four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on sale. We are just getting revved up. It is looking to be another banner Wednesday night. It's the Employment Law Show right here, at Global News Radio. Welcome back, indeed. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. This is the number you want to use. We will get to your phone calls. Uh, we'll bang down to uh, to Marie here very quickly. Hey, uh, good evening, Marie. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Okay. What's on your mind? Um, I have a question. I have a friend who's working right now. She's been diagnosed with cancer. She was off of work for a while. She has since come back. 
Um, so she's on modified duty. We are unionized. Um, however, the boss is giving her a little bit of a hard time, wanting her to possibly go back to her regular job. She's a PSW. So what is her right? Well, unfortunately, her rights are dependent on the collective agreement and the practice established between the union and the employer. So she has to take that question to her, to her uh, union. The union is the only one that can tell her in this workplace, given our collective agreement, given how we've dealt with these issues before, these are your rights because it's going to be specific to her workplace. And, and the only one that if, if the employer is doing something wrong, the only one that can advocate for her and help her enforce her rights is her union. So that question immediately has to be posed by her to her union uh, without delay. So we have went to the union with her. Yeah. Uh, the boss is pushing, the union is fighting for her. And Good. the boss is like, oh, just go back to your doctor and get wrote off again. It's like, no, that's not the way it works. You have to accommodate mm. her as much as possible. That's what the union is telling her. The boss is like, no, that's not what we're going to do. Well, obviously, the, the the boss is wrong. There is a duty to accommodate, and the union has to represent her. I'm glad that they're doing it, and, and that is her only recourse. Because she's unionized, she has to go through the union. It sounds like she's done that, so hopefully uh, it works out very well for her. Uh, Marie, when it all gets sorted, feel free to call us back and let us know uh, exactly uh, what happened. Get to uh, to Don. Hey, Don, good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Liar, just a quick question. Uh, the company I work for, they don't pay cash or they don't pay overtime. Uh, they give us loot time. Uh, loot time is banked at straight time, um, and we can take it only at the company's convenience. We can request it, but it's only at the company's convenience that we can redeem those hours. Um just wondering if there's any rules, laws, uh, et cetera, regarding loot time. Yes, there absolutely is. So let's start with the idea that overtime uh, generally has to be paid if you work more than 44 hours a week. It's time and a half or anything over 44. Now, if the employee and employer agree in writing, and only if they agree in writing, the employer can, instead of paying overtime, can give time in lieu of overtime, but that time in lieu has to be at the same rate, at one and a half times. Uh, so one and a half hours uh, per, per hour work. So not at straight time. And that has to be taken with, and they have to allow the employee to take it within three months of when the overtime uh, was earned. So it sounds like your employer is not doing it right. Number one, they're doing it at straight time instead of time and a half. Number two, it doesn't seem like there's an agreement. It seems like they've imposed it. They're not allowed to impose it. The employee has to agree in writing. And number three, it seems like they're not allowing the employee to, to properly take it. If that is the case, one of the things you could do is file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor, uh, and, and they'll order your employer to change its policies and, and to properly calculate overtime and potentially to compensate people for overtime that's uh, been due in, uh, in the past. Very good. All right. Thanks, Don. Appreciate the call, and uh, that was a smart phone call. That is just one big bowl of wrong, everything that employer's doing right there. This wrong, this wrong, this wrong, and this wrong. <laughs> well, at least now they know, and now they know it's wrong, and they know what to do about it. That's why yeah. you call the show, right? You bet. Christine, we're going to move on to you. Uh, good evening, Christine. How are you? Hi there. I'm good. How are you? Excellent. What's uh, what's on your mind? Um, so I've been with my current employer for 10-plus years. Mm -hmm. And I just uh, received an email from him yesterday 
stating uh, various reasons as to why we will no longer be working together um, and gave me three options. So Let's hear I, I either find another position uh, within the firm or find another place to work or work with him during working notice period. So all, you're do all you would say in response, Christine, is no, thank you. I'm going to continue working unless you tell me to stop working. And if you do, then he has to pay you severance, of course, unless you did something so bad that justifies cause. But here's why I don't think you did something so bad. Because if you did, your employer wouldn't be telling you, well, you can continue working for a while <laughs> or you can work with someone else at, at the company. Exactly. right? Because if you were so bad, that wouldn't even be an option. Exactly. So your response should be, I'm not interested in options. I will continue working unless you tell me that I'm terminated. If you tell me I'm terminated, fine. Then he has to pay severance. How long have you been there? Ten years? Twelve-ish years. Oh. Well, you're probably looking at a year's pay, depending on your, your age and specific position. It could even be more than that. So okay. once you respond to that, if he does not give you the severance uh, th that you're owed, then I want you to reach out to me. I want you to give me a call. You may also want, before you even respond, I may want to see your employment agreement because that may potentially change the amount of severance that you're owed. But okay. I don't see any reason why you would kind of play that game. If they want you gone, fine, but they have to pay you the severance that you're owed. Okay. So I actually did flip you, or maybe it was somebody from your office who handles your emails. Yep. I actually did, did flip you this email the other night. Okay. Um, the problem is I'm just at an awkward stage right now where I didn't really know what to do. And right now he's just kind of making me feel a little bit uncomfortable and with like some of the emails that he's sending me. And it's a little bit becoming like of a hostile environment because he hasn't spoken to me. So, so I, Christine, I, my best advice, honestly, because, you know, you've been there for a year and there's a lot at stake for you is not to do anything until we've had a proper consultation. Mm -hmm. So so if you've contacted us, then someone from my office hopefully reached out to you to schedule a consultation. And I would not do anything. If you need to take a sick day or two sick days before you can have that consultation, do that. But I, I would not do anything until you've had a proper consultation. We want to review your employment agreement, th that correspondence. You're owed significant compensation. So let's be smart about it. Let's do it right. Nicely done, Christine. I'm going to let you go. And uh, in the meantime, one 821 5900 just in case you need that number again. I know you sent an email, but there you go, one 821 5900 For the purpose of this hour, though, as you know, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We will get to your call. Just hang on. We're working our way through here. Going to move on to uh, Mitch, I think. Hey, Mitch, how are you? I'm uh, I'm doing all right. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Sure, pal. What's uh, What's going on? Yeah, so I was uh, I actually just got back from a uh, destination wedding in Mexico uh, three days ago, and it was my partner's birthday yesterday. And uh, right in the middle of that, I was served a termination notice and a severance letter, uh, completely unexpected and somewhat blindsiding. So uh, just a little bit of background. I'm a real estate agent, and uh, I was, uh, I've been with this brokerage for almost five years, and uh, I was considered more of an independent contractor, so I wasn't auto-taxed um, right away. Uh, I was an uh, independent contractor for the first three years, and then because of the, the way that we were employed, uh, the CRA more so viewed us as uh, employees and not independent contractors anymore. So then I was right. switched to more of a um, like a full commission uh, auto-taxed on every paycheck. So um, due to uh, like an extremely stressful work environment and uh, some personal issues going on in my family, I took a leave of absence uh, start of September. 
and uh, I was exp- I was uh, informed them that I'd be back for January second, but they terminated me basically a month before uh, I was expected to go back, and um, they offered me a three week severance pay of basically um, like my average uh, my average commission guess, commission times three weeks, which is about eighty seven hundred. And uh, and they basically are giving me a week and a half to sign, and uh, also giving me three or to four contingencies on um, if I um, also uh, I, I, I also signed I guess five years ago like a non-competition right. contract, which basically said that I can't uh, you know do same similar business activities with another brokerage for two years, or I forfeit basically about one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars of future commissions that I've I've earned but haven't been paid out yet. So. Um, kind of a little stuck on what to do, to be honest with you. So, you know, let, let's start with the idea that obviously that the timing kind of sucks here and, and it's not a very nice thing to do. Happy holidays, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but but from a, strictly from a legal standpoint, yeah, they're allowed to let you go. Certainly, I, I wouldn't have done it this way, but they're allowed to let you go. It does come down to severance. It does come down to compensation. And here's the thing, Mitch. I can tell you without any hesitation that uh, you're, you were a five-year employee. I know that for a while you were considered an independent contractor. That's nonsense. You were an employee in the eyes of the law. You're an employee. CRA has already decided that, but even regardless of that, therefore, you're, you need to be compensated severance as a five-year employee would. So you're a real estate broker, five years. How old are you, Mitch? I'm 29 years old. So you'd be looking at right around six months pay months, not weeks. So you know, if you're making $2,500 a week, as an example, that's your average commissions. Well, times uh, 26 weeks, six months. That's what's okay. at stake here, not the three weeks that they've offered you. Now, the chances of the non-competition being enforceable are slim to none. That's it. Let's sit down. Let's review that together. You know, I don't want to tell you over the radio, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. Just go work anywhere you want. We want to we wanna be smart about that. But obviously, you should not accept. So I know you were stressing out whether to accept this or not. Well, I've made your life easier, hopefully. You're not mm-hmm. going to accept it. I want you to reach out to me. Let's let's have a chat off air. Let me help you get what you're owed and also deal with this non-compete because there's no way you could be staying off uh, you know, the real estate world for two years. That just makes no sense. We're, we're not going to let that happen. Okay, beautiful. Sounds great to me. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate the call. Well done. And it is uh, to get a hold of your, by the way, like you mentioned, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. It is just that simple. Hang on, we are getting to you. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. Uh, Brock, thank you for hanging on. Good evening. Hey, hi. How are you? Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Well. Uh, it's uh, kind of complicated, but this is it in the gist. Uh, I was on a medical leave. Um, uh, got off the medical leave, uh, went back to work. They basically told me I, I wasn't looking well, which they were right. And for me to come back when I'm well, um, <clears throat> I used uh, my EI unemployment up. And so I don't have anything come. I have no income coming whatsoever. Nothing from the company. And nothing from my benefits. My benefits are supposed to cover me for short term for 16 weeks and then long term for however long the contract is. Anyway, they'd cut me off uh, in the short term uh, within the first three weeks. And that's a whole other story. So I'm just wondering, like, what's my rights right now? I can't get any benefits and I cannot. uh, I mean, the, the last thing for me to do is go to welfare. But like, 
my company says I'm still employed and I can come back a month, six months, a year, two years. My job is there as long as I get better. So, what do so I do? Brock, are you able to work? I have limitations. I mean, I can work, but they will not accommodate me. I see. What kind of accommodation do you need? Uh, I suffer from a disease, uh, it, um, but it's not really the disease. It's all the complications. I suffer from neuropathy, uh, which is a nerve um, mm-hmm. damaged nerve uh, issue. And basically, my job requires me to do a lot of stuff with vibration and stuff like that. So I'm really limited to what I could do with my work. Um, we asked for some time to try to see if we can get things um, under control. And basically, my my company is saying, you're okay, Brock. But uh, uh, the insurance company is saying, we don't recognize you as an illness. We don't see any complications. And clearly, where my doctors had stated everything. Right. So, so, so here's the thing, Brock. It, it's, it's actually quite simple. If you're able to work and the company uh, is able to accommodate you, they have to do that. They can't say we don't want to. They can't say uh, we don't feel like it. If they're able to accommodate you, even if it's hard, they have to do it. On the other hand, if legitimately they cannot accommodate you, then your disability insurance company has to pay you. So one of those two, without exception, must happen. Either you work, you get paid by the company, or you can't work, they can't accommodate you, you have to get paid by the insurance company. There is no third option here. What I don't know yet is which in which category you fall, because I don't know enough about your medical condition, your job, the company's yeah. ability to accommodate you. So what I want you to do uh, mm-hmm. is, is we need to have a more in-depth discussion. I want you to reach out to me off here. Let's sit down and go over this. I can promise you that I can either make the company accommodate you and take you back, or if legitimately they cannot, I can definitely, definitely get you on disability, and you should easily be able to stay there at a minimum for the next couple of years if you need to, uh, while you're recovering. So so one of those things has to happen. There's no possibility for them to avoid that. Uh, there's obviously a lot at stake for you. I don't want you to have to go on welfare. Call me as soon as possible, okay, Brock? Well, yeah, and you know, right now I'm facing bankruptcy. Like we have I hear absolutely no income coming in. So, the, the, yeah, you know. So t- like time I'm, is I'm not on your side. A, I'm ready to push a cart at Walmart, you know, as a greeter. Like, so. I, I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So yeah. call me as soon as possible. Okay, don't wait on this, Brock. Brock, I appreciate the call, and uh, do so. We can hear the desperation. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. Hang on the line. We're getting to uh, to all of you here. Uh, John, how are you? You're up next. How are you tonight? Hey, good. How are you? Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? So uh, my wife's um, an office manager at a dental office. She's on salary, but uh, her employer always has her working past her 44 hours up to like 50 hours a week. Uh, is she on overtime after? Or is not, or is she not on overtime because she's in management? Yeah. So, John, uh, managers are exempt from overtime. So, if she's truly a manager, she has managerial responsibilities, or she manages people, then she's exempt. And unless she signed an employment agreement that specifically says you get overtime if you work a certain amount of hours, then legally they don't have to pay her overtime. I know that's unfair, and I, I, I I've always said it's unfair. But legally speaking, uh, a manager is exempt from overtime. Okay, great. Thanks for your help. Thanks. Appreciate it, John. Thank you. And uh, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Marie, how are you? Good evening. Hi, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? No worries. What's uh, what's on your mind? 
Um, so I have a couple of family members, and, and they both work for the same company, and they've both been there for between 10 and 15 years. And the company now, um, what they decided to do is starting in the new year, they're revamping the, the benefits plan. And in some cases, like the, like it seems like they're going to be reducing coverage in in a lot of parts of the plan, right? And what, they're going from, I guess, a very structured plan to what they're considering a more flexible benefits plan. But in the end, it seems like there's there's less coverage, like it's more cost effective for the company. And so, you know, like from what I've been told, some of the the employees and and these these two relatives of mine. They went to um, they went to HR and said, you know, it, for those of us who are existing employees, can you not just keep us on the existing plan and then any new people that you hire, put them onto the new plan? And the company, I guess, they kind of like danced around it and said, we're no, no, we're just going ahead with the new plan effective January first. So I'm just wondering, are they, like, is the company allowed to do that? So it really comes down to how big a change this is. If it's a situation where, you know, I'm going to give a silly example. Instead of having $500 for dental, they have 475 Yeah, that's not something that, that would prevent, that prevent them from doing it. They'd be able to do that. On the other hand, if this is a significant change and, and, you know, this is something that could potentially cost significant amounts of money to employees, then no, it's not something that they're allowed to do. But by... When I say not allowed, what I mean is it may give the employees the option to treat this change as a constructive dismissal. That means they could leave with severance. So it really comes down to, number one, is it a significant enough change? And number two, if it is a significant enough change, do they want to leave their employment and get severance? Or would they just say, well, if that's my choice, I'd rather continue working? If these individuals feel that it's a significant change or that they're willing potentially to walk uh, out of the job over it, they should give me a call uh, in those circumstances. Because I, I know in, in one, one instance, like as part of the plan, what's happening is they're taking away some of the, um, I guess what they're called, they call it paramedical, right? So things like things that aren't covered under OHIP, so like a chiropractor, um, you know, an, uh, an acupuncturist, that kind of thing. And they're taking what used to be $500 per year of coverage for each of those, and I think there were something like six or eight categories, and they're combining all of that into one category and saying it, you now get $1,000 of coverage for the whole year, but you can spend it on, on any yeah. category you like. It doesn't sound to me, honestly, Marie, that it's a change that would rise to the level of constructive dismissal, so I think it would be tough to do anything about that. I understand why they're unhappy, and I would be as well. Probably not quite a constructive dismissal, though. Marie, appreciate the call. Uh, moving on, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. Kevin, thank you for hanging on. How are you? I'm good. How about you? Good. What's your concern, man? So I'm um, coming from the employer's point of view here, and I was just wondering. So when, when somebody asks and uh, Lior says, you're owed a year of uh, severance, how would you calculate that for somebody that's not that somebody that's not on a salary or somebody that's not working constantly like 20 hours per week or whatever how would you calculate that for those people if you yep. 
if you want to terminate great. their... Yeah, great, great question. And it's actually simple. You simply look at an average. Depend, let's say if they work for you for a year, you probably look at an average what they make in a month and, and you use that to calculate. If they work for you for many years, you'd probably look at the last couple of years and say, okay, over the last two years, you, you're, you're making uh, $40,000 a year, so we're going to use that figure. You simply look at what is an appropriate average and use that number to calculate their severance. Does that answer the All question? Right. Yeah, that makes perfect sense then. Thank you so Thanks. much. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, man. Appreciate that. We're going to uh, move on to next up is Brad. Hey, Brad. Good evening. Good evening. Um, What's up? I'm an employer. I have an uh, employee who, who does not have a, a contract with us, so he's Lior's ideal client. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you laugh. It's true. Anyway, at the yeah. end of the day, he's, he's with me five years. He's a decent guy, but he uh, he's starting to refuse things that he's been doing with us for years. Um, little things here. No, I won't do that. Don't want to do that anymore. Um, he used to come in early when we needed him. Uh, no, he'll only come in at seven unless he gets gets paid extra for this. Um, we were very lenient on when they can take holidays. Um, let them sort of, in essence, take what they want. He's now taking a lot of holidays. He's come into some money, and he's, you know, all of a sudden they gone for seven or ten days. And it's like holy jumping. We're trying to run a business here and he's yeah. loosey-goosey so what 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 can i do to uh either get him back on track or say thank you very much see ya so obviously in terms of saying see ya, you can you can always let him go it sounds like you listen to the show so you do know that you can always let the guy go if that's what you want you would if you decide to let him go tomorrow you would have to pay him severance but if the guy's doing things he's not supposed to, if he's breaching policies, if he's not doing his job or parts of his job, you can and you should start writing him up. You can and provide some warnings in writing. You know, you're expected to be here from nine to five, and you're coming in late or you're leaving early. Whatever it is, start writing him up. And if his behavior does not change, you may be in, at some point in a position to uh, consider a termination for cause, i.e., without compensation. Now, the other thing is this. If you're providing him certain entitlements, you know, some flexibility that you're not required to provide, then you may want to tell him, listen, I mean, we've allowed this flexibility to happen, but we'll, we'll claw back on it if you're not going to kind of do your part of the bargain. We only were doing this because you were doing this. So if you're not going to do it, we're going to claw back and see if that helps uh, kind of get him back on track. So start writing him up if he does things he's not supposed to. Make sure he understands that there's a bit of a quid pro quo here. Uh, he can't, you know, have everything and not give you something back. If you don't want to go through that process, if you simply want to let him go, let him go. You can let him go tomorrow, but you yeah. have to pay him what he's owed. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate that. Let's try to squeeze in uh, one or two more. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, Dennis, hi there. Good evening. Hey. How's it going? What's up? Good, pal. Uh, What's on your mind? Well, I got a question. Uh, my daughter, who is a minor, she was working at a restaurant pizza place for eight and almost nine months and then just got let go. Basically, she had a key for the place and everything. She went and picked up her paycheck and got handed an envelope and got asked to hand back her key by just an everyday employee and then it was just that you're no longer an employee. Um, we still haven't got a record of employment, it's been a few months. Just wondering, like, she's a minor, does she deal with it with you or do we have to as parents? 
if she is a minor, you would have to, as, as her as her guardian, deal with it. That, keep in mind, you know, if she's underage, you know, she's a young lady, she worked there for eight months, she absolutely is going to be owed severance, but probably given the nature of, of her position and age, etc., she may be looking at two weeks pay, three weeks pay, or, or somewhere in that range. So if if it's something that may require legal action against them if they're not being reasonable, it may not make sense to, to pursue it just from a financial standpoint. In terms of a record of employment, uh, I mean, I'm happy to help. A letter from me is going to take care of that if you want. But in terms of actually pursuing it for compensation, the, the math, the numbers just may not be there, uh, uh, Dennis, so it may not make sense. Dennis, want to appreciate the call. We're going to uh, get out of here and wrap it up. So many calls still there. Guys, if you want to do this, write this number down and continue on our off air. It's 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Don't want to leave you hanging, so use that number. Write it down. Call Lior. Reach out through email as well. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll pick it up again on the weekend. And, of course, the, uh, the TV show, Employment Law Show on Global TV and CTV on your weekend mornings as well. Stick around. Greg Brady, right Right back with On Point here on Global News Radio.